This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 811, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, September the 16th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is episode 811. It's our comic reviews for the week of Wednesday, September the 16th. Uh, this will be, you know, I guess relatively average length, under 10 episodes, or under 10 minutes. I do want to apologize to those who are actually looking forward to this episode. I'm sure there's one of you. Um, this, uh, you know, I find the reviews episodes I've just been kind of getting behind on lately in terms of getting them out as timely as I used to. So I'm, it's an ongoing project of mine to try and get back to some sort of regular schedule. I'd like it to be coming out, you know, the week after the our, our week's release. Like, for example, the comics that came out on the, um, on the on that will come out on the thirtieth, or not the thirtieth, the twenty third. I hope to have an episode about them on the thirtieth. That may not always work, and it probably won't. But uh, they, you know, in, in theory, that's what I'd like. Uh, so, looking at the books from September the sixteenth, uh, some of the releases that came out that I will not be talking about include Catwoman, Conan, Battle for the Serpent Crown, Detective Comics ten twenty seven, Excalibur number twelve, Hellions number four, Injustice Year Zero, uh, Iron Man number one, Justice League. Middleman, Milestone Returns, Star Wars Darth Vader, Star Wars, Teen Titans, The Batman's Grave, X-Men Marvel's Snapshot, and X-Men number 12. Um, so that's all the books that came out that I won't be talking about. And let's talk about what I will be. So I think I actually read like six books, so that's, for me, pretty good. Uh, first, we have Amazing Spider-Man, The Sins of Norman Osborn, number one. It bugs me that this is a separate kind of one-shot. Um, it feels like just a regular issue of Amazing Spider-Man, so why do it this way? Uh, it's just one of those editorial things I question. Um, it's not a bad issue by any means, um, but it, again, it feels like it should be part of the regular series and not this weird offshoot one-shot. I, the, I, don't, I just don't get it. It's written by Nick Spencer. I work by Federico Vicentini. Um, I this kind of builds off of the last time, last thing we saw in Amazing Spider-Man, where you have all the kind of uh, other. Web, I'm going to call them web warriors, but they're not really. They're the other people in the web of life in the 616 universe plus Spider-Gwen uh, deciding that they have to kind of stop Peter um, because maybe you know they shouldn't stop Sin Eater from you know neutralizing Norman Osborn considering how that works. Uh, so we have a lot of kind of fighting between them or not even fighting but them kind of dis- disagreeing and arguing and talking about what they've seen and um, you know, give me a little bit more context to what their dis- uh, conversations were like. Uh, we know that Norman Osborn, you know, is people are, are hunting for him. Uh, all the senators' army are after him, so Spider-Man's having to protect him, and they end up in a in a, you know, a secret lab of his. Um, we have more of senator kind of questioning his own resolve, and then he is able to take out Martin Lee and then take his abilities, which help him with his army. Um, and then the juggernaut, uh, escapes, uh, from his particular cell and he gets, you know, shot by, um, Senator as well. So really interesting. And the big kind of reveal here is that, uh, for Spider-Man is that, you know, Norman Osborn knows about Kindred so that they, he kind of feels that they need to be prepared together. Again, I did not dislike this issue. I just like the decision to brand the issue as something completely kind of, this one shot, which does not work on, on in and of itself, it needs the previous issue of Amazing Spider-Man to work. Um, there's no context clues. Like you can't, you cannot read this in a vacuum. This is a regular part of a chapter. Like this is another issue that they decided. Oh, we this just doesn't work because we wanted to do all the stuff, but then we need this anniversary issue. At least that's the way it feels like to me. And that just, I I was very bothered by it as a result. Uh, next up is Batman 90, sorry, ninety nine. And this is by 
Um, who does this issue? I'm trying to look for the creative team. I did like the issue. I I still don't really love the overall storyline, but it, it, you know it was fine. Um, I didn't dislike it by any means. I didn't think it was terrible. Um, there's just elements of it that I think could have been better. Um, this is by James Tynan the Fourth, John Ridley, Joshua Williams. Hold on. Am I reading the right thing? No, sorry. I'm reading a solicit for a, a one-shot that hasn't even come out yet. Um, so where is this issue's... Anyways, I, well, apparently I don't even know who did this issue. Um, it was okay. I, again, I, I find... <laughs> they have this shot of everyone in their costumes, kind of the, the Bat family, and it really underscored to me how much I don't like some of the more modern designs. And I kind of miss the way they used to be. Um, like Harlequins, especially. I mean, Nightwings is a little bit more uh, forgivable because his is in the middle of a storyline that makes sense why he's not wearing his proper costume. But even like Red Hood, and I don't know, everyone just kind of looks too modern. Like even Orphan not being, it just feels less comic booky in the old way and more like kind of New Fifty Two ish in the more modern way. Even though I know that New Fifty Two isn't really a thing anymore anyway. Um, uh, the issue was was fine. I questioned the need for like the you know the big splash pages of Batman like landing near uh, Axis Chemical and then like slowly walking up to it. I, I found that a little bit bothersome. Interested in reading what the next chapter is going to be like or how it's all going to kind of come get together. I feel like the some of the build up intrigue getting to this point was more interesting than when we actually are here because I I don't feel like I'm really being sold enough on the idea that Batman's really on his heels and doesn't know what to do. Um, you know, and just having him kind of a little bit out of it and with toxins is one way to do it, but I don't think that was enough. And again, I just feel like by now I should buy into the, the threat more and I don't feel like I am. Uh, next up is Cap America 23. Uh, I like this. Uh, I, I have some issues with the art in general. Um, who does the art here? Bob Quinn. Ta-Nehisi Coates is writing it. This is Old I Young Part but four, um, I like the whole. I, first of all, I like that they're using Celine. I think that's a kind of a, an interesting choice of villain for Captain America to go up against. I like having Sharon in the Iron Patriot armor. Um, curious exactly what the ending is in terms of you know getting Sharon younger again and what she's actually going to remember. But um, for the most part, I you know I thought it was kind of breezy and, and interesting and, and you know a, a well told comic overall in terms of how the storytelling was done. Um, then we have Giant Size X Men Storm. This is Jonathan Hickman on story and words, uh, Russell Dowderman on story and art, and Matthew Wilson on color art with uh, Ariana Mayer on letters and Tom Muller on design. And I like this. Um, you know, kind of kooky and fun. I like the AIM agent. Uh, I've never really liked the world as a concept because I just don't find I've ever been that interested in it. But I think this is probably one of the better uses usages of it. So I'm interested how that kind of works. Um, I like the ending with um, uh, Doug Locke. Sorry, not Doug Locke. Doug in this, this, this thing, this energy uh, pattern. Anyways, I'm... I'm I found it was an interesting way of kind of getting out of what an earlier issue Giant Size X-Men has set up as a big thing with Storm. Maybe a little bit easier than I would have expected, but uh, I still found that it was an enjoyable uh, ending and way to kind of draw that storyline to a close. Uh, Then we have uh, Immortal Hulk number zero, which is more or less just a framing sequence, um, but an interesting one with Brian Banner and kind of telling the story of how, you know, he... Definitely was abusive towards his son, and from a young age, 
which is still kind of startling to see it on the print on the page. Um, there's something about comics seeing something like that seems like, whoa, they're really going there. Um, and then you have a, a Peter David Adam Kubert story, which is from uh, the flashback period. And I really like this story as well. It's really well illustrated. Um, pretty crazy stuff in terms of the relationship between uh, Bruce and his dad and what ends up happening to his dad. So that's kind of crazy to see. And, and having a, uh, I didn't even catch on to it at first that the, you know, the kind of the, the sinister grave digger, so to speak, the being the Stanley character from the flashback, or at least it looked that way. Um, and then it goes a different direction. But uh, at first it's like, whoa, is that really what they're doing here? Um, so I thought this was really good. Again, uh, you had, uh, let's see, the cover artist is Mateo de Lulis. Uh, I don't know who does the middle. I don't see, I'm sure it's here somewhere. But anyways, I thought it was really well done. I like seeing a Mantlo story. I like seeing a Peter David story. So this is very enjoyable. And last but not least, we have Immortal Hulk 37, which continues the current storyline. And... Things kind of going haywire. Really dug this. The first uh, couple pages, you know, are really interesting and well paced, but do kind of take a moment for you to really understand what's going on. Um, but yeah, I really dug this and the different directions it went in and with kind of the ending with the Hulk and what this means. Um, I thought this was incredibly enjoyable. Um, yeah, which I mean, isn't a big surprise because it's freaking incre- Immortal Hulk. It's a book that. You know, it's a juggernaut that just keeps going in terms of it keeps being this entertaining and enjoyable book, even though, you know, maybe it doesn't have any right to be this good. Like, I don't know what it is, but it's just, it's so well done. It's a great pairing between a writer and artist uh, that really kind of seem to get each other's vibes and what they're going for overall, and I, I really enjoyed this. And, uh, yeah, that's about it for this week. Uh, looking forward to some of the releases that come out on the 30th. Uh, some of the books uh, they do include, let me just pull up here. Uh, some of the books coming out do include uh, from Marvel new issues of Avengers. There's a Conan Chronicles epic collection called Horrors Beneath Stones. I uh, got The Daredevil by Chip Starsky, trade paperback volume four, End of Hell. I uh, got uh, new issue of Falcon Winter Soldier and Fantastic Four. Uh, we got Giant Size X Men tribute to Ween and Cockrum. I uh, got Immortal Hulk Threshing Place number one. I'm not sure exactly what that is. Uh, we got the Marvel Zombies Resurrection miniseries, uh, Marvel's X number five of six, uh, new issues of Savage Avengers, uh, the launch of a new Shang Chi uh, miniseries number issue number one uh, from the kind of Marvel Rising kind of trade paperbacks in terms of size. Uh, you have the Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane graphic novel trade paperback called Secret Thing, and we got uh, Strange Academy number three. Uh, a Venom Rex Marvel Select hardcover and X Factor number four, as well as one of my always you know old time favorites, X Men Avengers Onslaught trade paperback volume two. Because I think there's going to be at least three. Uh, so that is what is coming up in just a couple days as I record this. As I'm recording this, as I said on Saturday the 26th of September. Uh, thanks for listening to the episode. You can read and review the show on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Upcoming episodes include uh, Chris Claremont. Uh, Michael Lark and Chuck Austin. So that's uh, an interesting triumvirate in terms of upcoming episodes. Uh, but thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time. If you want to email me, you can do so at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time. Bye bye. <laughs>